Hello, beautiful people. My name is Lorena. And my name is Monica. And together we are Growthology Podcast, a place for all things growth and overall wellness. Hi, everybody. For today's topic, we're going to talk about basic wellness. Well, we'll dive into the importance of healthy eating, exercise, and good sleep hygiene. We also think it's important to discuss some barriers that prevent us from developing good lifestyles. And finally, we will find a point of motivation to get everybody back on track. When I think of the word basic, it makes me think that it's something that's meant to be easy. But getting our eating, exercise, and sleep on track is most definitely not easy. I know from personal experience, it took me years to take these things seriously enough to even try to get them on track. But the reason we decided to title this episode Basic Wellness is because this is the foundation of our overall well-being. When I start working with a patient, these are the first things I ask about and discuss with them. I'm a strong believer that we can't or will struggle quite a lot to get our mental health on track if we don't pay attention to our physical health. So I always make sure to get a good sense of what people's diets look like, how much they're sleeping and the quality of their sleep, and how active they are throughout the day. I'm excited about this topic. From my experiences with therapy, these have always been those baseline questions that they've asked me. Oh, that's interesting. Can you tell me what it feels like being asked these questions? Because I always feel like I'm being annoying, but I ask them anyway because I know how important it is. Um, I mean, I don't think the questions necessarily are annoying. Maybe like addressing my shortfalls is kind of annoying. But Mm -hmm. my response to this has changed over the years. At first, I never took any of these wellness ideas seriously or how it correlated with my well-being. Now I have a good understanding of the importance of building these good habits and I can recognize where I need some work. Yes, even now I still need work. So for the first topic, eating is, I think, the controversial one of the three because everyone thinks that their way is the healthiest and best way. There's so many quote-unquote diets out there that claim to be the best and the epitome of health, and there's research and evidence for every single one of them. So we're not here to really focus on any particular diet per se, although we are both vegan and we can probably agree that this is um, how we feel the best, but that's besides the point. Yes, besides I think people associate food with culture, togetherness, and community. And when that's challenged, it becomes a really hard conversation and people get really defensive. Mm -hmm, I agree. What's your journey been like with food throughout your life? Anyone who knows me knows I made a switch to a vegan or plant-based whole foods diet a little over a year ago. I've struggled with bad eating habits majority of my adult life. Having two working parents, eating out as a teenager became the standard just because of convenience. As an adult, I made very similar choices based off of what I was already doing. And I grew up in a household that always had home-cooked meals, and we ate a lot of fruits and vegetables, but we did eat a lot of meat. And my dad always said that he didn't feel like he was having a proper dinner or meal if some sort of animal-based protein wasn't involved. It's funny how we both share this. I had a lot of the same. Yeah, and then we both ended up vegan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
I remember I started cooking a lot of different foods in middle school and high school. I was really into the food network and I would make different things that we weren't used to eating. And my dad would have my mom make him something else because he's not really much into change, especially when it comes to food. I think overall, though, compared to the standard American diet, we would be seen as eating healthy since our diet was balanced. We didn't eat out much and we didn't eat many fried foods. When I started college, though, I started eating out a lot more and also drinking alcohol. I would eat tons of fast food and I also worked at McDonald's right after high school. Besides just not feeling good with how I looked, I didn't like how I felt. I wasn't sleeping well. I felt sick most of the time, and I definitely wasn't very active. So talking about bad eating reminds me of the time in tech school where we had ordered either it was Pizza Hut or Domino's, and we ate a whole pizza, some breadsticks, some wings, (laughs) and we would just lay on the floor in pain from how much we ate. And it's funny because... At the time, we were both in pretty toxic relationships and pretty much just eating our feelings away. Um, We've definitely come a long way since then. but Yeah, we're definitely both on a very different path uh, right now, which is a really great improvement from, from 2011. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy that we both turned it around. What made you want to change your eating habits? Well, like I mentioned before, I just wasn't feeling good and optimal at that time when I wasn't taking care of myself or taking care of what I put into my body. I decided to go vegan after learning of all the health benefits. I started reading a lot more and watching tons of documentaries and following people on social media that had found a lot of different benefits from that type of eating. I quickly realized, though, that just transitioning to veganism for health benefits wouldn't be enough to keep me going with it. So then I just started educating myself on everything else, basically. I dove into the environmental benefits of reducing meat and dairy consumption, as well as animal welfare side of things. Right. What do you think is the direct correlation between what we eat and how we're feeling? Well, food is fuel, and that's basically what it is for us, for our body. And it's important to differentiate what type of gas we're putting into our bodies. Just like cars, some gas or oil is of greater quality, and some fluids wouldn't even make the vehicle run properly. Our body responds differently to certain types of foods, how often or not often we eat, and how hydrated we stay. If I don't eat enough, You know, our blood sugar could go down and that might cause grogginess, sleepiness, feeling tired. And this then leads to feeling irritable. And this is just one of the many ways that food can affect us. Wow, that's a really great analogy. I would like to emphasize that I don't think that a vegan diet is the only healthy diet. Yes, a plant-based whole foods diet, a lot of great health benefits, but I don't want to push any one specific diet. I also want everyone to define their own version of a healthy diet. I believe the Mediterranean diet or even a pescatarian diet has a lot of really good health benefits that it offers, but definitely limiting the amount of red meat or pork is always really good for you. I think a huge lesson I've learned is the power of your mind and discipline. I woke up 
and just decided that I really wanted to change my lifestyle. Even though I've struggled with things like anxiety, I've used this as a tool to help focus on whatever goal I was rather than focusing on how anxious that I on how anxious I was. That's awesome that that you used it for that. And I remember how happy I felt when you started asking me more serious questions about transitioning to veganism. Mm -hmm. I, uh, of course, I always get so excited when people ask me about transitioning, but you were special because you were one of the last people I ever thought would be. Wow. Thanks. (laughs) Well, I just know how much you loved your pozole and wings and you were Mm -hmm. always eating meat (laughs) and Do you feel like going vegan helped at all with your anxiety or mental health? Yes. I've struggled with anxiety my entire life. Since eating better and less sugary foods, I've noticed a direct relationship between my food and my anxiety levels. If I ate something like orange chicken from Panda, I'd probably feel anxious all day just because of all of the sugars that's in that specific meal. Anxiety was a big setback for me emotionally, but it's something that I had to learn to live with. But now that I'm just more aware, then I'm able to use that for good. And it helped me form really good habits to make sure that I don't go outside of them. So now I don't feel like myself and I'll literally get sick if I you know, don't abide by those rules or whatever I set for myself. I think that my flaws as a person really helped me be successful in not only my diet, but also just my habits in life. Yeah, that's really good to hear that it made such positive impact um, because I don't think we, we've we talked about that before and I don't really remember seeing that type of, any type of studies that talk much about that in terms of the effects of a vegan diet on, on your mental health. And like we said before, we're not here to tell you guys that veganism is the only way to be healthy. Of course, we would both be super happy if more people ate a primarily plant-based diet, Mm -hmm. but we know that's not reality. And vegan doesn't necessarily mean healthy either. There's definitely ways to be vegan and not be healthy. I mean, Oreos, potato chips, pretzels are all vegan, and that's clearly not a well-balanced diet that's going to make you feel good. But we're saying that finding a balance that works for you, something that you will actually stick with, and there's definitely concrete evidence out there that eating a diet primarily in whole foods and plants is the healthy way to live. Now for the exercise component of this episode. According to health.gov, 117 million adults in the U.S. have one or more preventable chronic diseases. Keyword preventable. 70% of those diseases are positively influenced by some type of physical activity. 80% of adults don't meet the requirements for aerobic activity. This number was really shocking to me. Did you know that we were this bad? Uh, Because I honestly had no idea. Um, so I'm honestly not surprised because I'm a part of that 80% (laughs) that's really horrible about working out. Working out is not easy, and it's not an easy habit for me to get into. Oh, well, this is awkward. (laughs) No, (laughs) definitely not easy. I don't think it's easy for anyone. Well, I'm human, and I can admit where I need some work, and this section definitely applies to me. 
Yeah, I don't know if this is how you felt in the past or still do, but I think people might have a negative thought about exercise because they probably imagine running outside or themselves on a treadmill or scary weights at the gym. I mean, that's how I felt about the gym at first. Um, It was really intimidating for me. Right? It is intimidating. Like, have you seen the people at the gym lately? Yeah, those are the people that always that I felt motiv- motivated by, actually. But there are so many resources out there. Um, I would find the name of a machine and watch a YouTube video so I knew that I was doing it right and felt more comfortable. Or I would have my husband teach me. You know, you can ask people. Um, you can do things like walk, run, dance, play. There's many different ways to stay active. It doesn't necessarily have to be the traditional gym or going out for a jog. It's so important to find what's right for you and what you actually enjoy. I think that this is the best way to get motivated is to find something that makes you happy um, and makes you feel good once you've, you've done it. If I didn't enjoy running or going to the gym, I definitely wouldn't do it as much as I do now. So I actually have a really funny story about the first time that I went to the gym because it was really embarrassing. I had one of those free two-week passes that they give out. And of course, they want to try to sell you on some gym membership. I got a whole tour and it was a beautiful gym. They walked me around, showed me the sauna, showed me the locker room. And once we finished, the guy got really hardcore and started pressuring me on how I needed to invest in my health. And, you know, I was all of 18 years old, 18, 19 years old. And I was pretty intimidated because this guy was like super jacked telling me like, you need to invest in your fitness. And I'm just like, Ugh. yeah. I feel like sometimes they make you feel less than because they're like, oh, you definitely need this. And it's like, oh. You don't have to tell me. I already know. <laughs> right? I mean, so I had to have been like 115 pounds. And they did wow. like my BMI and they told me I was overweight. They're like, you are obese. And I'm like, what? Crazy. What does this even mean? And so I had a really awkward like no conversation. And then I finally like walked off and tried attempted to use the treadmill Mm -hmm. and failed miserably because I couldn't understand it and about (laughs) 10 minutes later I just left really embarrassed and I didn't go back to that gym (laughs) (laughs) well one time at band camp just kidding one time (laughs) at the gym I accidentally gave some random guy my stuff thinking it was my husband because when we go to the gym, (laughs) we would go into the locker room to put our stuff away and then whoever came out first would just wait for the other one. And I'm like looking down on my phone, probably scrolling aimlessly and a guy comes out and I think it's my husband. So I start walking right next to him and I say, can you hold my water bottle? And he takes (laughs) it and holds it and I start putting on my gloves and then I realize that this is not my husband I look up and I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry I thought you were my husband and he's like it's okay just walks away and I was so embarrassed the rest of the day (laughs) and also every time I saw him at the gym I just felt so stupid (laughs) and then another time I wore these pants inside out for the whole hour that I was at the gym (laughs) and I only realized at the very end because I went in to put my phone in the pocket I realized the pocket was inside. (laughs) 
God. And despite all these embarrassing things I kept doing at the gym, I just kept going there because whatever. <laughs> yeah, I definitely find an excuse to go to another gym after those stories. I guess I've just gotten used to doing and saying really embarrassing things at this point that I'm just immune to that feeling. <laughs> That's good. Okay, back to more serious stuff. About $117 billion in annual health care costs and about 10% of premature mortality is associated with inadequate physical activity, according to health.gov, which I was routed to by the cdc.gov website. Some health benefits from physical activity include bone health, healthy weight, Cognition, lowered risk of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and high blood pressure, decrease in anxiety, depression, dementia, improved sleep, lowered risk of falling, improved mood, and boosts of energy. Like I mentioned before, if you find something you actually enjoy doing, it could be fun and social as well. You also don't have to suffer or be in pain to get results or feel the results. Um, Monica, have you found something that you enjoy and have been able to stick with? Right now, I'm not as good with sticking with physical activity as I'd like to be. I do try to run at least three times a week, but the only times that I've developed an enjoyment for running are the times that I've done it nearly every day. I had one period that I was also lifting every day, and I found that was enjoyable as well. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm just waiting for these gyms to reopen so I can get, uh, so I can really establish a good routine. Running outside right now in the Arizona heat, which is over 90 degrees at 7 or 8 a.m., just really isn't easy. And I struggle trying to keep this consistent. And plus, I'm just tired just from being a mom. Yeah. And those are the things that disrupt our routine that makes it, I don't want to say an excuse, but it's another barrier and curveball that, that life throws at us. And it's easier to say, oh, well, this is getting in the way instead of saying, okay, let me find a different routine. So the pandemic has definitely made things difficult. And I've gone sometimes like over a week without doing any type of exercise. And then I just have to get back in it and find a routine that works for me. Um, and then, you know, the curveball aspect with routines is a big deal, but it doesn't mean that we can't find another way to sneak it in into our lives. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely with COVID, it's just, it's hard to have any kind of good habits mm -hmm. because we're just stuck at home all the time. Yeah. But another curveball probably also affected by COVID is sleep. For the most part, I have a pretty good sleep routine, but having a child will make you experience sleeplessness like never before. How do you feel having a kid and losing sleep has impacted your life? Before, I thought I knew what being tired was like from, you know, just being in the military and life experiences. However, now I've literally gone three days with no sleep. Oh my God. And yeah, when your kid is sick, you're sick, your husband's working, it's really hard not to lose yourself without the, like getting consistent sleep. Wow, you're really making motherhood sound wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's good and bad in everything. And sometimes it's not wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, but some of the few benefits of sleep 
are having a sharper brain and memory, improved and more stable mood, which includes helping us get along with people better, lowered risks of diabetes and heart disease, we're able to think more clearly and do better at work or school, we have an improved immune system, and we have weight control. Most of the research I've seen recommends an average of seven to eight hours of sleep per night, but we're all different and we have to figure out what works for us as individuals. It's also important that when you sleep, our bodies set a biological clock according to where we live and the more stable we are with the time that we go to sleep and wake up, the easier it is for our bodies to fall into that routine making us feel sleepy at a certain time and wake up sometimes without even needing an alarm clock. Having a good sleep environment is also important, setting an ambiance and also only using where you sleep to sleep. I personally stopped watching TV in bed and we took out the TV from our bedroom. We try to hang out in the living room until we're actually ready and want to go to sleep instead of laying in bed on our phones. At one point, I had some really bad sleep habits like insomnia, and for some reason, I would wake up all the time just to look at what time it was, and I never really seemed rested. This is one of those things that I would bring up during my therapy sessions about five years ago. And what did your therapist say to you to do? To help with the sporadically waking up in the middle of the night, she told me to face a clock in a different direction, so... I wouldn't watch it. And yes, at that point, I had a clock because (laughs) I don't know (laughs) who has clocks nowadays. Um, (laughs) Also to resist looking at my phone because, you know, you would wake up and look look at your phone and try to see what time it was. That really helps me break the habit pretty quickly. I don't think that my sleep habits really improved until my mental health improved. I continued intensive therapy for about a year, a year and a half. And in the end is where I finally found good sleep. And of course, once I found that, then Lily came into my life. And it just seems like I can't win when it comes to sleep. But it's definitely gotten better. (laughs) That's good. I was going to bring that up. For me, it's definitely whenever I'm not sleeping well, it's because something is going on in my mind. And most of the time, it's when my depression and anxiety are acting up and paying me a visit. There's a lot of different reasons why we might not be getting good or healthy sleep, like stress, anxiety, physical pain, some health conditions, certain medications, caffeine, alcohol, and other drugs, and untreated disorders like sleep apnea or insomnia. I agree. When my anxiety is not under control, it seems like I can stay up all night. What advice would you give to those who are struggling with healthy sleep habits? Well, I mentioned some of them before, but I would say that my top ones are first going to sleep at the same time and waking up at the same time every day. So setting an alarm to make that easy for you and more likely for you to do it. Limiting Mm -hmm. phone use, computer use, and TV or any type of screen at least one hour before you set your sleep time. Setting an ambiance, like I mentioned before, in the bedroom and only using that space for sleep. The obvious ones that we are probably annoying people by saying over and over again, but eating well and staying physically active and avoiding caffeine or not consuming it after lunchtime. Lastly, trying to read a fiction novel before bedtime. 
um, I'd say that those are my top basic tips for getting healthier sleep. So for some barriers, because we all have barriers, for me, culture was definitely a huge one. Being Mexican-American from California, my culture has a lot of tacos, carne asada, meat-heavy meals. Also, we never exercise. My upbringing for food made for really bad eating habits. I never played sports. So I never really developed the habit of working out either. It just seems like I was doomed for an unhealthy life. <laughs> and look at you now. <laughs> Healthy as <laughs> <Right>? ever. <laughs> Whoa, still working on it. <laughs> on, on the journey there. <laughs> right. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. Thinking back of when I wasn't working out much was when I was at a job, I really wasn't enjoying that. I felt I was feeling a lot of stress had me in a dark place, as well as a difficult living situation. Now I know that this was the perfect time to be exercising and implementing these things. So I know from personal experience that it's really difficult to get motivated. Being in that dark place, I felt so unmotivated. But now thinking back, I see that 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 I was doing all the wrong things that just kept me feeling low, eating like crap, barely exercising, and having pretty terrible sleep. So it's a cycle. Bad eating, negative habits, more bad eating. They enforce each other. Yeah, it really is a vicious cycle of all those things really feeding into each other and bringing you more down. Um, And it's super difficult to get out of. Another barrier for me is disruption in my routine. So I notice that when I'm not home, it's harder for me to stay motivated to exercise and probably eat well as too. I'm a very routine-oriented person, and I thrive with routine. I genuinely enjoy it, so I know that that, for me, is really important. I honestly had a hard time with these habits, but luckily the military taught me a lot of discipline, which I think is extremely important to have in just about everything that you do. Mm -hmm. So how do we get motivated, and how do we get started? I found a huge help in life just with having a solid community. Find and connect with those who are into what your goals are. If you want to eat better, follow some healthy pages on Instagram. If you want to exercise, find a friend that can hold you accountable or build a routine that makes it easier to work out and less of a chore and don't make it hard by ma- by having to go out of your way mm-hmm. to go to the gym. Yeah. In terms of motivation and how to get started, for me, the biggest thing was finding something that I liked and enjoyed doing. And if you don't know what yours is yet, you just have to try a lot of different things until you find that one thing that you might feel some spark of joy when you do it. Also, taking small steps. You don't need to be working out every day or engaging in physical activity 24-7 and try not to compare yourself and where you're at to other people. Start small and take steps into getting into that habit slowly. It's better to achieve smart and small goals that are doable than to feel like you failed by pushing yourself too hard. Like you mentioned, setting a schedule that's specific with day, time, length of activity, and what type of activity, as well as an alarm to remind you. Setting your clothes apart and getting all the things you need ready for that activity. Also, finding someone to do it with. Like you mentioned, community is so important. For me, I love working out with people. I usually work out with my husband. We love to lift and run together. 
when he's away, I try to find someone else that will do it for me. Now that I moved to a different state, I found a group on Facebook of ladies that run in my area. I've met a few and it's been really nice just getting to know people and feeling motivated by others. A couple actually motivated me to do my first half marathon since 2014. I probably would not have done this or ventured out into trying if it wasn't for them because I felt motivated by the amount of miles they'd been running and the fact that they would go with me as well. Some ways I found to keep motivated about eating is by finding a permanent change and less of a diet. Diets or crash diets can't be sustainable. I don't think that most people can just jump into a vegan diet or any kind of diet overnight. That's just unrealistic. I've been lucky that I can do this, but I think finding healthier versions of things that you already love is the best way to have success. I love pizza, so I eat vegan pizza. I love Mexican food, so I make vegan Mexican food. And just kind of keep that same mindset. Yeah, and it's crazy how as you go through this journey of making those changes, like everything, we will get used to it. And sometimes I I say things and I don't know if people don't believe me or they think I'm just being extra, but there are times that I crave fruit. And people will be like, how are you going to crave fruit? Who craves fruit? But my body has <laughs> changed so much that, yeah, of mm-hmm. course, I still eat junk food. I eat ice cream. I eat cookies. I eat fried food sometimes or I, fe- I eat processed food. But I've, got, I've done this for so long that my body craves those things that I mostly mm-hmm. feed it. So our bodies get used to those things as well. And I recently learned about habit pairing, which has made a world of a difference for me when I want to implement any type of new habit. It's basically pairing a new habit that you want to implement with a habit that you already have in place. Specifically, though, a habit that is second nature to you. For example, if making yourself a cup of coffee every single morning is a habit for you and you want to get into exercising... Start pairing this habit with doing 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, and 10 jumping jacks. Because making that cup of coffee every morning is something you do almost on autopilot, it will make it that much easier to implement a new habit paired right next to it. You can do this with any new habit you want to implement. And hopefully this can be a jumpstart into helping you in these three very important areas to all our lives. Physical activity, sleep, and nutrition. I like to listen to a lot of audiobooks. Download a book that will help you in the area that you're most interested in. There's nothing better to help you refocus than a good book to listen to, even if it's just from the drive home or the drive to work or something just to listen to while you're doing chores around the house. This has helped me stay focused in pretty much whatever I need help with. Here are some suggestions for additional resources. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Corey. Also, a good vegan book is Skinny Bitch by Rory Friedman and Kim B. So stay Stay growing. Thanks for listening to our episode today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Growthology Podcast with no space. 
Also, please enjoy some of our bloopers from today's episode to show that we are human, we make mistakes, and it's okay to laugh at ourselves. Although we are both vegan and we can probably agree that this is uh, how we feel the best, but that's besides the point. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Nope. <laughs> nope. <it>. Yes. <laughs> and can you hear my chair? Yeah. That's so weird. It's squeaking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <know> that. <laughs> Well, anybody that knows me knows that I've recently made the change from vegan or a plant-based diet over a little... Okay. So everyone... Anyone... (laughs) Anyone who knows me knows I made a switch to a vegan or plant-based whole foods diet. I think a huge lesson I've learned in the power of... Okay. Is the power... It's crazy because I read emails all day, so you would think that I would be like... But not out loud, right? Right, Uh uh-huh. Stay Stay growing! What happened? (laughs) I said it first! (laughs) We were on the same on my time. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Stay growing! Stay growing! Okay. Stay growing! (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) You're gonna scare everyone.